in Europe, we are still in the very early days uh, of venture capital. Uh, I think you know, obviously US has, has a long-standing tradition of backing early stage tech businesses, uh, but in Europe, uh, there's still everything to, to be built and it's a hugely exciting time to be part of it. And so as, uh, as, as an aspiring VC, I would be um, always looking out for people who are fundraising or who just close the fund because typically those will be the ones uh, that are hiring. Bienvenue sur Runway Series, le podcast d'Upcoming VC, la plateforme d'éducation au Venture Capital à destination des entrepreneurs, mais aussi des aspirants VC souhaitant comprendre les méthodes appliquées par les Venture Capitalistes lors de leur décision d'investissement ou non dans une startup. Je suis Raphaël Grieco, fondateur d'Upcoming VC, et dans ce podcast, nous accueillons des entrepreneurs, des investisseurs, mais aussi des aspirants VC qui partageront avec nous, lors de formats courts, leurs expériences, conseils, et leur vision de la relation entrepreneur-investisseur. Salut à tous Aujourd'hui, pour le 14e épisode du podcast Runway Series, on est ravis d'accueillir Evgenia Plotnikova, partenaire chez Down Capital à Londres. Salut Evgenia, comment tu vas Salut Raph, ça va très très bien avec toi. Excellent, ça va plutôt pas mal, je te remercie. Euh, on est ravis de t'avoir euh, sur le podcast pour ce 14e épisode, compte tenu d'une part de ton euh, agenda euh, très chargé. Euh, donc, on est ravis que tu aies euh, un peu de temps à, à nous accorder pour partager ton expérience et, et tes learnings. Et, euh, et d'autre part, euh, avec l'activité de Down qui, euh, qui, qui est super intense. Donc, euh, voilà, on est ravis de t'accueillir. Et puis, euh, on va parler dans, ce, dans cet épisode de vraiment ta, ton, ton arrivée dans le monde, ton background, ton arrivée dans le monde du VC, tes learnings et, et tes conseils à destination d'une part des, des founders qui aimeraient... Euh, engager une discussion avec toi et avec Down et aussi à destination des, euh, des aspirants VC pour, pour qu'ils comprennent euh, le mindset ou en tout cas pour qu'ils aient des éléments pour euh, envisager ce job de VC. Est-ce que c'est un programme qui te convient Oui, complètement. Et euh, on va switcher en anglais puisque tu m'as demandé de, de le faire en anglais. Donc, euh, let's switch to English. <rire> on, peut, on, peut faire, on peut faire dans les deux, mais plus en anglais pour que je puisse partager plus en détail l'histoire de, de Down qui est quand même en, en fond, euh, qui est basé à Londres, euh, tout en étant pan européen, bien évidemment. All right, so let's do it in English. So first of all, uh, for, for the context, uh, could you please um, just tell us a bit about your, your background, uh, what you've done before uh, joining uh, Down Capital and uh, where you, you, you're coming from? Sure. Because you, you are speaking a, a few languages quite fluently, <laughs> so it's very interesting to understand why. I, I try, I try. Um, yeah, so look, uh, my name is Evgenia. Uh, I am originally Russian. I think my last name possibly gives that away, uh, Plotnikova. I uh, was born in Russia in a very small city in the south of Russia. I then spent a long time in France, uh, which is where I grew up. I grew up uh, between Toulouse and, uh, and Paris, which is how I speak French. And I have spent about a decade uh, of my life in London, working here in, in, in finance, uh, hence, hence the English, I guess. Um, I have started my career in, in investment banking originally, but I um, rather quickly switched to principal investing, which is where really my heart Uh, my heart lies and I've done anything from uh, private equity and growth equity to not earlier uh, stage investing at dawn. Um, I worked both for very large funds like TPG, which is a, a San Francisco based fund uh, with you know, 70 billion under management uh, all the way all the way to dawn today, where which is a backer of series A and series B, B startups. 
So when did you join uh, Dawn? I joined Dawn um, just a little bit more than a couple of years ago, actually. All right. So before uh, you were uh, at a TPG, which is uh, like a gross equity, private equity firm, uh, correct? Yes. So I uh, my career spanned uh, both JP Morgan originally, also TPG and Atomico before before I uh, before I started at Dawn. So um, what uh, has brought you to uh, to go into venture capital uh, <laughs> versus the the private equity world? You were in before so what yeah. uh, attracted you absolutely look I, I always knew i liked investing um i think it's it's an extraordinarily fun uh fun job i think it's also very privileged to be to be on the sidelines watching entrepreneurs build some of the most incredible businesses uh in the world however what i um i think realized over time uh is that as much as i loved my my, my private equity home and you know tpg is a wonderful firm uh to be at what i was more excited was was the growth stories um you know in the historically i used to buy the businesses of the past you know have industrial businesses transportation businesses retail uh, telecom but what it really really spiked my interest is being being able to invest in the future seeing markets and value chains being entirely trans uh, transformed uh, by technology uh, entrepreneurs building things from the ground up into the titans of uh, of software um, and so that that really drove my interest in in tech originally uh, I also saw um, a massive opportunity. I think in Europe, we are still in the very early days uh, of venture capital. Uh, I think you know, obviously US has, has a longstanding tradition of backing early stage tech businesses, uh, but in Europe, uh, there's still everything to, to be built and it's a hugely exciting time to be part of it. Excellent. So that brought you to join uh, Atomico from uh, TPG. So to, to, to make the move, um, have you done some, some homework to, to make the move, <laughs> to understand uh, how to become a, a VC versus be, being a private equity investors? How did you prepare yourself? Uh, yeah. How was the transition, actually? Yeah, absolutely. Um, look, I think, um, and it's interesting because uh, venture capital is insanely popular job these days, uh, possibly because it looks very glamorous on the, on the outside. The, the inside is sometimes a lot less glamorous than people imagine. Um, <laughs> You will tell so, us about the less uh, glamorous side of the VC. <laughs> absolutely, yeah, yeah no, absolutely. Uh, look, I um, I think it's a lot about people in venture capital, both on the entrepreneur side, uh, where you build uh, relationships that are frankly longer than an average European marriage, but also on the on the venture capital side. So uh, obviously there are some recruiters and there's some headhunting firms uh, that could help you kind of crack the way into into venture. Uh, but also it's important to be uh, well networked and to spend time mapping out the ecosystem, understanding who's who, and timing your conversations in the right way. So typically um, a venture fund uh, will hire when they just raised a new fund uh, because they have fresh capital to invest and they need some people to help invest that capital. And so as, uh, as, as an aspiring VC, I would be um, always looking out for people who are fundraising or who just close the fund because typically those will be the ones uh, that are hiring. So what I have done is I obviously spoke to all the recruiters, but I also um, networked with everyone I knew um, from uh, back in the day, you know, um, 
the young Harry Stebbings, uh, who was incredibly helpful and, and generous with his network, to uh, to my friends uh, across all the different venture capital firms, and you know, through friends of a friends of a friends, you you slowly build a network, and uh, you you hopefully find yourself a job. So the idea is to anticipate the move by nurturing uh, relationships with people close to uh, to VC. Uh, so that uh, the day uh, there is uh, either a fundraising or many fundraising, you are closer to them, you have been engaging with them already in some ways, and uh, it, uh, it shortened the, the, the hiring cycle, right? Yeah, look, absolutely. I think, um, I think you want to demonstrate as you look for the job that you are able to do the job, right? Uh, and if you were to uh, try and break down what the job consists of, right, there's obviously the analytical side, which you know you hopefully can demonstrate once you actually have the interview, but there's also the side that is relationship building and hustling, right? So I think uh, you know you want to start building relationships with venture capitalists as early as possible. Try and meet as many people as possible. Go to the events, uh, build yourself a profile. Make sure that you're on Twitter, that you're using TechCrunch, you're reading um, just Sifted Business Insider, all the all the all the press that's behind uh, behind venture, and then perhaps you know if you come up with a fantastic idea of a possible startup that a VC could invest in, sending that across could also be incredibly valuable because that shows a, a, another way to show the hustling skills. So you're mentioning uh, bringing some uh, investment ideas to the VCs to, uh, mm -hmm. to, uh, to demonstrate that you, you have understood their uh, investment thesis, uh, the, their scope, their space. But do you uh, also uh, try to build a specific understanding of a particular sector to show that uh, Uh, you know uh, how uh, it is structured, the actors, the, the trends, uh, the counter trends, or are you more like, um, let's say, uh, picking uh, founders and picking teams uh, instead of doing uh, like a, a broad, uh, in-depth uh, understanding of the right. sector? So I, I assume you mean for Dawn, right? Um, so for Dawn, we are very much uh, a sector a sector specialist. Um, so and I think that's the 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 strength of Dawn as a, as a firm. Uh, so we have historically really just invested in B2B software. Uh, within, within B2B software, I'd say sort of the underlying thematics of the past couple of funds have been uh, data and analytics, security, fintech, and future work. Those are sort of the four main um, thematics that we have seen and, and, and had successes in. You know, there's obviously um, an opportunity to, to add to those, but uh, historically that's, uh, that's what we have backed. Uh, so we, uh, we usually have a, have a very in-depth understanding of those specific industry themes. But most importantly, I think we really get B2B software. Um, you know, in Europe, there's, um, there's a, a lot of generalist funds who I think are absolutely fantastic. We have chosen a slightly different route. Uh, we believe that uh, we tell our founders to focus and uh, to do one thing and do it really, really well. And that we should follow the same truth uh, as a venture capital firm. Uh, and so we, uh, we have been focused for the past 12 years. I think what that allows us to do is to effectively build um, a community and a family around us of uh, lookalike cousins. You know, we have 40 portfolio businesses uh, that we were uh, proud backers of, and they're all B2B software. There's no e-commerce, there's no pizza delivery business. Um, they're all uh, very similar. And so we've lived 
their stories of, of growth from you know a million of ERR to three to ten to thirty to hundred all the way to the APAs. Mm, understood, got you. Um, so you joined uh, Atomico. Uh, could you please maybe uh, explain a bit uh, the initial experience when you were meeting the founders when joining Atomico? Uh, how uh, how did you feel when uh, meeting those founders <laughs> in, in the first place? And uh, has your feelings uh, your feeling uh, evolved through times? Uh, your mindset, your attitude. Uh, could you please maybe uh, drive us into um, sure. your, uh, the first steps? Um, yeah. Look, I, th I think. Uh, being a venture capitalist is is kind of a, a privileged position um we are very very lucky to be partners to entrepreneurs who are building incredible businesses uh, and we kind of get to sit uh to sit on the on the sidelines and be sort of the the Mourinho's to the maradonas uh the, the the real rock stars in the field right um, and that means my attitude actually hasn't hasn't really changed whether it's in the early days of my career at Atomico or uh, my partnership now at Dawn. Um, I, uh, I think it's incredibly um, humbling to see uh, the roller coaster that is uh, of building of building a startup and uh, for us uh, to be hopefully the shoulder that an entrepreneur can mm -hmm. lean on. Uh, so uh, the attitude you said has not so much uh, differed from the initial days, uh, but I mean you, you have you have made your way into the VC, you have learned a lot. Now you you have become recently a partner at uh, at Down. Uh, maybe can you explain um, how you look differently uh, into the founders' story, into the the, the theme and the sectors, uh, thanks to your experience, and has um, your uh, your way of investing in startup uh, changed uh, through the years? Um, so look, uh, it's, it's still sort of, uh, <laughs> I, I think you need sort of 30 years, perhaps in, in, in venture, um, to, to, to really be able to look back and see through the booms and the busts. Um, and, uh, there's only a handful of people in Europe who, who have, have had that experience. I think for me, what, what has, has changed is that I firmly believe, uh, that at some point in any career, your knowledge has to become T-shaped. And what I mean by that, by that is that, you know, you have your, the base of the TE, which is horizontal, which is the, the skill set that you can carry through, through the life. And then at some point uh, you go deep uh, and going deep allows you to have an understanding that is, you know, three, four or five layers deeper of a specific sector or a specific go-to-market of, um, of the way that uh, an enterprise software business functions, frankly. Uh, but it also allows you to to create um, a network around yourself of uh, people that you've invested in, people that you perhaps didn't invest in, but really enjoyed meeting, and you know you keep in touch. Um, uh, executives that uh, you've previously hired would love to hire for your startup, potential board members, advisors, broader people in the community. So I think what has changed for me is 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 becoming a specialist, and I, I treasure. Uh, that opportunity because I think it has extraordinarily different my knowledge of both of the function functioning of the startup but also my ability to, to help the founders I have backed understood uh, so you 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 um, you're mentioning the fact that you you uh, you're now uh, changing in the way you engage with founders and helping them even more uh, with uh, with uh, with support um, yeah. and uh, because now you are a partner at Dawn, uh, maybe you can explain also how you can influence and shape 
the investment uh, thesis at uh, down um, how how do you uh, do you split uh, the categories the spaces amongst uh, the, the the partners or do you uh, mm -hmm. do you all cover uh, the same sectors and then uh, you you discuss uh, each opportunities uh, without a specific uh, color you may have or uh, any of uh, the other partners uh, could, could you explain how you influence and shape the, the thesis uh, thanks to your expertise That you have been shaping over the years. Sure. So I think what's probably um, somewhat unusual about Dawn and one of the things that really attracted me to, to this firm is, is our culture. And our culture is one of, um, you know, one team, one dream, if you like, or one fund, one carry, where what really matters to us is, is our ability to work together as a team. That means that uh, it's not necessarily about, uh, you know, Norman or Josh or Hocken or, uh, or any, uh, or, you know, Mina, any other members of the team um, kind of styling themselves in, in a specific um, uh, in a specific geography or specific industry. I think we'd like to, to, to put our um, front foot forward and bring the, the entire expertise of the firm to, to every investment uh that we make that being said obviously you know we, we have our own interests um you know hawken is uh, is, uh, is is someone who's built a business before um so he you know he he um he knows what it's like to, to build a, a fintech business ground up uh josh um has worked for many many years in financial services he's an academic so he also kind of gets the, the fintech aspect norman has done a lot of b2b software uh in, in data and uh in security so we all kind of wear different hats but i think what's possibly unusual about us but also hugely exciting for me is is our ability to to act as a team and so every investment that we make we have access to all of the partners uh, of the firm we, we're very much like one Okay, let me do a quick break for an announcement and then we come back for the discussion. Si tu souhaites devenir VC et mieux comprendre le mindset de l'investisseur lorsqu'il ou elle sélectionne les opportunités d'investissement dans son deal flow, alors notre prochaine série limitée de 6 live podcasts sur Zoom est faite pour toi. Et nous l'avons appelée à ma VC pour Ask Me Anything Venture Capital. Chacun des 6 épisodes sera un échange live avec 3 aspirants VC sur un sujet très précis et incontournable dans une levée de fonds. L'équipe fondatrice avec Augustin Saillet, principal chez Newfund. Le product market fit avec Samantha Jérusalemi, partenaire chez Elaya. L'évaluation du marché avec Jean de la Roche-Brochard, partenaire chez Kima Venture. Le besoin et le plan de recrutement avec Antoine Fraisse, founding partner chez Kerala Ventures. La calibration de la taille du tour de table avec Marion Chanéac, partenaire chez Caporn. Et le modèle de revenu avec Audrey Soussan, général partner chez Ventech. Alors voici ton call to action si tu veux faire partie des 18 aspirants VC, 3 par épisode et il y aura 6 épisodes, alors envoie ta candidature sur upcoming.vc baroblique ama AMA. Et c'est gratuit. Upcoming.vc baroblique ama AMA. Et on retourne tout de suite à notre échange avec Evgenia. Um, I'd like also uh, to understand uh, your point of view on, uh, on a few thematics that uh, you are very much uh, attracted to, uh, the things you are covering in particular and uh, your interest, uh, mm -hmm. and mostly in Europe. Um, so you, you, you have been le uh, leading the investment in Dataiku, for instance. So uh, it's, a, it's a company which has a 
which has broken and which has uh, gone beyond the unicorn threshold. I think that was earlier this year, maybe uh, yeah. end of last year. Um, maybe uh, you could explain uh, some trends you are seeing, you are covering, very much uh, interested in. And also, if you have uh, some counter view, like um, there is a trend which is uh, all over the place, uh, making the headlines, but you don't think it's going to be uh, a trend for the long term. Yeah, sure, absolutely. Um, so I think for Dataiku, um, our broader thesis on, on data as a firm is that uh, there is a golden rush. Uh, the golden rush to data. Every business, every corporate, every enterprise want to become data driven. For them to, to be successful in, in that mission, they need the picks and the shovels uh, to, to become a data-driven company. So Dataiku very much plays in, into that thesis of giving um, uh, people tools to effectively become citizen data scientists. I think what's hugely exciting about that business is that you don't have to be uh, a PhD student or a data scientist to use the title. You can be a business analyst and you can be trained uh, to become uh, to become one, right? And if you think of the, the, the macro environment in which there's very few uh, experienced data scientists today. There's very few experienced developers today. A tool like the title really um, democratizes uh, um, access to AI and to machine learning and allows um, everyone in, in enterprise to be, to be kind of upskilled and brought, brought to the same level. So when it comes to data, we, we very, very much look for um, look for tools that would empower uh, empower people to become data driven. Uh, I think a few other things that I'm really looking at is uh, if you were to branch out of um, kind of teams of of uh, uh, AI and machine learning teams with an enterprise or data scientists, there's there's a few other uh, teams that that produce um, produce product or produce uh, produce software, and those are you know your developers, um, your product teams, and your design teams. And what I'm actively looking for for today is things that will uh, provide the, the tooling to those teams to become to become successful, whether it's you know the DevOps tools perhaps, or perhaps tools for, for the product uh, and design cloud that empower those teams to be a lot more efficient, uh, a lot uh, a lot more um, uh, fast, oh, sorry, faster and more efficient with, with the products that they produce. Um, so th those would be some of the some of the things that I'm currently currently looking at. All right. Uh, and in terms of maybe counter view, do you think that there is something which is uh, making the headline, as I said before, <laughs> but which is actually uh, will, in your view, uh, not succeed, or will fail because for uh, some particular reasons that uh, you, you would have? Uh, look, I don't I don't know. Uh, you know, it's a tough question. Time, it's a tough <laughs> question. Time will tell. So I would say, um, what would be my counter view? I would say that uh, I believe that it would probably take a lot longer than people expect uh, for AI to make its way in security. Uh, I think uh, within within cyber, uh, we're still sort of in, at the very, very, very early days. Uh, I think it's very hard uh, to, to apply AI to, to security. There's uh, both you know structural um, problems with this, but but also data problems with this, and it will take a lot longer. So a lot of the things that you see uh, within it, it's, it tends to be way where these days. So perhaps my contrary view is that uh, it will be a, a much longer road for us to, to to see that happen. Okay, understood. Got you. Um, 
Uh, I'd like to, to, to discuss a bit uh, what's happening currently in, in Europe because uh, over the past uh, few months, over the past year, there has been uh, many firms raising uh, new, new funds. Uh, I'm not making a list, but there has been Atomico recently announcing uh, 820 million mm -hmm. USD uh, fund, Lakestar in Switzerland, North Zone, mm -hmm. Balderton, etc. Um, so Europe is growing. So what's your take in Europe versus the US versus Asia, but I would say mainly versus the US? Sure. Um, look, absolutely. There's been a lot of funds raised uh, and I think that's that's very exciting. I'm, I'm extraordinarily um, happy for for all of my for all of my colleagues and, and sort of venture uh, venture colleagues uh, that they uh, they have raised new funds to, to back the European uh, the European startups. Uh, I actually think that despite um, uh, despite those headlines uh, that that you see, uh, we're still in the very 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 early days of, of venture capital in Europe. I kind of alluded it. Uh, to it in the beginning of the conversation, but you know, if you compare um, the uh, venture capital investment per capita to between US and, and Europe, you've got about sort of forty fifty dollars of venture capital investment per capita in in, in the European Union and the UK. Uh, when you compare this to the US, you're at three hundred. So you know, there, there's still miles and miles and miles of, of an opportunity in Europe, despite all, all the recent uh, funds raised. I also think what's hugely exciting uh, about the European market is we're actually quite similar from a macroeconomic perspective to the US. So, you know, in terms of economic output, you know, both, both, uh, both geographies are sort of close to 20 trillion today. Uh, population, we're quite similar. In fact, Europe is a little larger, where we're just as good uh, with, with internet usage and smartphone penetration. In fact, the one thing we're probably even better at is the amount of professional developers in Europe, and that's only supposed to grow, right? I think there's about a million more professional developers in Europe than down in the US. And uh, with, the, with the STEM education uh, having a higher penetration in the European market, it's only, it's only bound to grow. So the opportunity is large. And uh, frankly, the investment gap is still there. And I'm, I'm excited to, to, to see more, more money flow into the ecosystem and back uh, some of the outstanding entrepreneurs we have here in Europe. And so the, the, the following question related to uh, this first one is, um, given the number of funds raising new funds to, uh, to mm -hmm. support European entrepreneurs, um, how do you differentiate uh, yourself? Is it in terms of uh, support you can bring? Obviously, mm -hmm. I would say. Uh, so, uh, why would a founder uh, come to uh, to talk to Dawn to 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 find uh, support for the growth? Uh, what would be the what would be the the, the main reason why uh, a founder sure. would come to you? Because we're obviously the best. <laughs> um, look, I think uh, what differentiates us is, is, as I've mentioned before, frankly, is, is our focus. Uh, and that means multiple things, right? Uh, focus on uh, a specific vertical, which is basically software, allows us to be uh, very diligent, but also very quick in our diligence. I believe that uh, we, we know what, uh, what a Dawn deal looks like we ask the right questions and we're uh, we're very um quick to go to go deep and we know kind of what we 
what we'll look for. Uh, I think it also allows us to, to help our uh, entrepreneurs in that you know, awkward phase of scaling people and processes. Those are, um, those are the times where it's not sufficient to just provide capital. It's not sufficient to provide just purely financial advice. I think what you're looking for is someone like us uh, who can you know, look at your sales team and your go-to-market and help you figure out whether you need a VP sales or whether you need a CRO, whether you need to go to the US uh, immediately or is it later or do you ever need to go? Which city do you go to? You know, what's the difference between uh, Austin and Atlanta uh, as an example? Because you know, these days it's not just about um, New York or San Francisco or the Valley. What it's like to build up a customer success team, uh, not the team that helps you reset your password, but this, the team that thinks about retention and upsell. How how do you multiply uh, your your marketing channels? How do you go from lead generation to product marketing to brand to to your uh, to your relationships with analysts? You know that all those. All those questions um, are important, and those are the questions that are like that allow you to scale an enterprise software business. Those are the ones that we're really comfortable with, and those are the ones that uh, we uh, we want to help entrepreneurs with. Um, and then finally, I think being focused historically has has allowed us um, to be in the privileged uh, position of of backing. Uh, the most amazing entrepreneurs there are, right? So in, in our first fund, we had an IPO uh, with Mimecast, um, you know, that's worth $3 billion today. In the second fund, we already sold um, one of our businesses, iZettle, to PayPal for north of $2 billion. Uh, this is the fund that has uh, businesses like Calibra, which started uh, as, a, as a company in Brussels. Uh, the Belgian unicorn, yeah. <laughs> Correct, the first one, yeah. So look, Felix was a PhD student selling uh, corporate licenses, and look at him today being the first, the first Belga corn, if you like. Um, mm. You know, there's this uh, Showpad and Minute Media in, in, in that um, in that fund. You know, wonderful, wonderful businesses that um, have grown from their early kind of European, made in Europe roots uh, to, to, those, to those global businesses. Uh, and then same for Funfin, you mentioned, you mentioned Jataiku, uh, but there's, there's, there's many, many more others, uh, which are, I think will be breakthrough companies there, like Soldo, um, the, one, uh, the one that's, um, uh, I, I also um, backed uh, together with my partner Josh last year. So many, many of those businesses, and what that has driven really is, uh, is extraordinary performance for Dawn uh, in terms of our own financial metrics. Uh, in fact, we've always been very transparent with them. You can, you can find them online. Um, and so I think that that has brought us success. And we actually think that you can learn a lot from success because we can share those successes with the founders we back. So broadly, if, if, I, if I look back at, at, at uh, what, I, what I just said, is um, our extreme focus allows us to be um, very thoughtful, very quick uh, in our diligence, allows us to help our entrepreneurs scale, share learnings, create a family of like-minded individuals, and then it drives our returns. And having those success stories allows us to hopefully take every entrepreneur that we're back on the same success journey that the ones that um, have already been the trailblazers in our portfolio. Understood. And, and, and now given the, the, the growing number of uh, companies that you are supporting at uh, Dawn, how do you split your time yourself between uh, sourcing um, entrepreneurs, investment opportunities, and uh, support to, to companies? And uh, the second best question related to, uh, to this first one is, um, are you uh, shaping a, a very specific expertise? Maybe uh, it's uh, on recruiting, maybe it's on uh, go-to-market uh, mm -hmm. when supporting mm -hmm. companies mm -hmm. yourself. Yeah, so no, first absolutely. of all, how do you split your time between sourcing and supporting? And then in the supporting phase, 
um, what, are, what are you learning and uh, how expert are you becoming on specific topics? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, look, this is why it's not just me and this is why we have a wonderful, wonderful team. Uh, I think our biggest achievement uh, beyond uh, beyond the, the, the one of, you know, uh, partnering with some of the best in class entrepreneurs uh, is, is building a, a phenomenal team. Um, I'm extremely proud of, of every colleague that I have. And that's what allows us to, to be able to, to both source uh, the deals, to diligence deals, to execute deals, to sit on the boards, to help our our companies uh, while at the same time obviously running running a business ourselves which is running the fund uh, for, for me personally um, I, do, I do a little bit of, of both frankly I mean obviously my my biggest responsibility is, is, be, is to be an effective board member and, and help my businesses uh, but that uh, that doesn't mean I, I drop the ball on, on meeting founders and uh, being out there in the market uh, looking looking out for the for the next uh, uh, next phenomenal entrepreneur to back uh, I think Internally, uh, we do wear different hats. We all um, like different thematics, like different sectors. We, we dig deep into those. So, as I, as I mentioned, I've done a fair bit, 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 bit of work around uh, data, around developer tooling, around product tooling and design. Uh, but uh, what I've also done a fair bit of work around is customer success as an enterprise function. And my colleagues have done the same with other bits like marketing or uh, the people function or perhaps um, you know sales ops so um, again that what that allows us to do is to, to really work as a team uh, and to, to be able to offer uh, our entrepreneurs not just one board member but the entire Don family obviously at the runway series the podcast we have a, a French bias so I want just to wrap up the discussion to go back uh, in a few seconds on the, maybe the, the, the strengths that you are observing in France and how could France become a, a tech champion uh, in your view Sure. Uh, look, I I grew up in France, uh, and so despite uh, despite my very Russian-sounding name, I, I have a lot of um, I have a lot of family in France, and this is where my personal attachments lie, and where I spend a lot of my time. Uh, so I am extraordinarily excited about the French market. Uh, I think there is there's still a lot a lot to be done, um, and uh, I firmly believe that there'll be more companies like uh, like the Taiko being built built out of France. What I think is is, is one of um, one of the forces of, of the French market is that um, the government has put a lot of backing uh, behind uh, behind the transformation of technology, right? So if you look at at uh, BP, there are some some of the most active investors in both the funds, uh, but also uh, also directly. Uh, if you look at the French government, uh, you know Macron has recently announced uh, the backing for growth funds um, across across France and across Europe, which I think is very exciting. There's been um, changes to the way that uh, people deal with, uh, with tax and the stock options to make uh, to make things more palatable to. Um, uh, to talent coming from from abroad, but also locally, uh, there there have been um, uh, changes around the visa system. You know, there's a, the French tech visa, which I have been ambassador in the past. I think is also exciting. So obviously, th this uh, this helps and and that um, that creates momentum. I think what's also a, a big trend in France is that um, frankly we've got some of the best schools uh, there are in Europe, but also globally. Right. Um, so, you know, the, the, there's an engineering talent that is currently coming 
coming out of schools, but it's also a broader talent uh, that's coming out of all the grand école uh, there is, or people who frankly don't even go to school and now see um, startups as, as, a, as a really viable alternative path to success. So when I, when I was growing up, you know, to be successful, you, you had to be a banker or you had to be a consultant, and, and that's no longer the case. And I think it's, it's, it's extraordinary um extraordinarily how, how that transformation has, has happened i think it's partially due to, to some of the local um actors um, some of the seed actors you know thinking about osama and the family or, or jean at kima who i know will be will be on your podcast as well and some of the other wonderful uh wonderful seed funds um you know from from serena to Elia to, uh, to to others um that uh, that ecosystem uh, has grown and and i only see uh, extraordinary bright future uh, ahead of us in France. excellent excellent okay so thank you so much evgenia for being available today in between uh, flights <laughs> from berlin to the valley to paris back to london <laughs> so i i, I wish i wish you a safe flight first of all um and then uh, obviously that was great to have you on the show and uh, i wish you uh, all the best for for this year with the great uh, investments and uh, and great uh, founder story to, to support Merci <laughs> and in particular in France <laughs> Merci and if you and if you're a founder raising your series A or B in software please don't hesitate to send me an email I always respond okay so if a founder would like to, to contact you uh, how can to you to ship me an email all right excellent. absolutely excellent. I'll be there thank you so much Evgenia <laughs> Merci beaucoup à bientôt à bientôt